What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. Today, I want to share with you my top five Christmas movie hot takes of all time. We'll talk about Avatar, The Way of the Water in the movie review, and whether or not it was worth that three-plus-hour runtime. And then I'm going to dedicate an entire segment this week to why I think the DC universe is in shambles after canceling Superman. And in the trailer park, we'll talk about one of my most anticipated sequels, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The trailer is out and it has me floored. So shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew. Now, let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Well, 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 it is Christmas time, and if you are a part of the movie crew and a listener of this podcast, you know that it is my least favorite genre, so I will probably be a little bit overcritical here, but here are my top five Christmas movie hot takes. At number five, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I think that movie isn't even that good of a Christmas movie because it's actually pretty depressing and morbid. What the Santa Claus is about is Tim Allen kills the real Santa Claus, like just kills him, murders him. He is dead and inside his Santa suit discovers this note. The note reads that if anything happens to Santa, all you have to do is put on the Santa suit and the reindeer will know what to do. So you, in turn, become the new Santa Claus. And I always just found that kind of a bummer as a kid because even his son in the movie is like, dude, you killed Santa. But nobody ever mourns Santa in the Santa Claus. Like they go back to the North Pole and all the elves are just cool with it. No one goes to 
find his body or has a funeral for Santa Claus. And I know you're like, it's a Christmas kids movie. They're not going to make that big a deal of his death. But that's what the entire movie is about. I would question that in any other movie. So at number five, my Christmas movie hot take is that the Santa Claus isn't a good Christmas movie message because it's depressing and morbid. Moving on. At number four, I believe that a Charlie Brown Christmas is the most boring Christmas movie ever made, and I'm glad it is no longer on TV. The film first came out in 1965, and up to just a couple of years ago in 2020, it was shown every single year at Christmas. The movie is only 30 minutes, but it is 30 minutes too long. I don't know why this became a tradition. I get it. Charlie Brown is a classic cartoon, but when it comes to this and the Thanksgiving special, we have a lot more options to be able to pick from, from other Christmas movies, from other holiday movies. We don't need to show this movie anymore. I don't even think kids need to discover Charlie Brown Christmas anymore. I never liked this movie as a kid. I never liked it as an adult. And I saw a lot of people kind of go up in arms whenever Apple TV Plus got the rights to it a couple years ago. And now that is the only place you can watch it. But that's fine. That's where it belongs. If you really want to watch it, we don't need to put it on TV. Go to Apple TV Plus and watch it there. If somehow you've missed it for so many years, there you go. I am glad that that is no longer on TV because whenever it would come on, I would be so incredibly bored. So my number four hot take on Christmas movies is that I am glad that we have eliminated that tradition. Moving on at number three, I have a couple that are a little bit similar, so I decided to pair them at number three because they both have to do with kids. We'll start first with Home Alone, which I actually love Home Alone. I think that is my favorite Christmas movie. But the reason I love it so much is because it kind of feels like a Looney Tunes cartoon come to life, like live action. But I actually think at the core of it, Kevin is actually a bad example for kids, and he really doesn't learn the true meaning of Christmas and Home Alone. We all know the story. Kevin is not getting along with his family. He yells at his mom, so that's why he gets sent up to the attic to sleep, and they, in this bizarre turn of events, end up forgetting him up there. So what does he do? He goes all out and does all the things he wanted to do but couldn't do because his family was always around. And then you have these burglars who figure out he is home alone and decide to rob the place anyway, and he fights back. But nowhere along that process does he really feel any regret for what he did. I just think at the core of it, he isn't a great example for kids and the story of Home Alone doesn't really bring along that warm message that most Christmas movies deliver. And to be honest, Kevin would probably get some kind of a court date. I know the burglars are the real criminals here, but he would probably have some kind of evaluation after this. And the other more obvious hot take here is probably that his parents would also be in trouble for being pretty neglectful. Like, how can you really forget your kid? And also, this movie would have no way of happening in 2022. That'd be a simple text, a simple ring cam check. And along those same lines, I believe that Jamie the Kid in Jingle All the Way didn't really deserve the Turbo Man doll. And I also think Jamie, like Kevin, is a bad example for kids. And I love this movie as a kid. One of my favorites. But watching it as an adult, there are so many things that don't add up. More so when it comes to Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed as Turbo Man. Like, nobody realizes that is him. Like, that is really hard to believe that no one 
puts those together, especially his wife, Rita Wilson, in the movie. And even she has come out later and criticized that part of Jingle all the way. But back to Jamie. Throughout the entire movie, he's a very moody kid, which I know kids can be. But I feel like this movie would have been a lot better and would have held up over time if Jamie was a little bit more hard up for Christmas. If his wish for getting Turbo Man was his only chance at a Christmas, or maybe even if the family wasn't as well off as they are. I get that Arnold in the movie hasn't been the most attentive father, especially around the holidays, and he's trying to get this toy for his son, but I still don't think that Jamie deserves it. I don't really feel that gratifying feeling once he finally gets the doll, once he realizes his dad is the real Turbo Man, It just feels like another kid who would have been fine without the toy getting his way, so I don't think he deserves it. So in both Jingle All the Way and Home Alone, I don't think we have the best examples for kids around Christmas time. That is my hot take. At number two, I believe that Bad Santa is the true message of Christmas and it is a top five Christmas movie of all time. Yes, it is a rated R movie, but I feel like that is necessary to really depict what people are like around the holidays. Not everything should be so cookie cutter and perfect in a Christmas movie. That's not real life. And what you have here is this miserable con man played by one of the finest actors, Billy Bob Thornton, who plays Willie. And Willie is a miserable guy. He's awful to his con man partner. He's awful to all of the kids that come to see him dressed as Santa. He's awful to his bosses. He is just a miserable guy. But then he meets this kid. This kid who is an outsider, who is a nerd, who is bullied, who doesn't have any friends, who lives with his grandma, who has no idea what is going on, basically raising himself. And it takes that kid to make him realize that he needs to be a better person. And he truly learns the meaning of Christmas. And yes, he goes through a lot of hardships and a lot of things that no human should do. But doing all those things, he actually changes in this movie. He cares about this kid more than he does himself, gets shot in the process, goes to prison just to to keep his promise to this kid and make his Christmas wish come true. That is the true message of Christmas. That is one that both kids and adults could learn from. Yes, there is naughty language. Yes, there are naughty things inside this movie. But I think you actually have character development here. You have somebody going from being awful to being somebody who can be an example and step up for a kid in need. So I think that is the true message of Christmas and it is a fantastic Christmas movie that I watch every single year. And that is my Christmas movie hot take number two. At number one, let's talk about The Grinch and how The Grinch stole Christmas. I actually think in that movie, The Grinch was the victim. His only crime was that he was different and he was bullied for being different. Because he is green and hairy, everybody treats him so terribly. Like, that is awful. So, to some degree, I do think the people of Whoville deserved it. All he wanted to do... As a kid was be accepted and he was laughed at. So he went to live and be isolated away from everybody. And I feel like now as an adult, we can kind of relate to that. Sometimes people are just awful for no reason. And sometimes like the Grinch, I find comfort in just doing my own thing and being isolated because that's where nobody can mess with you. And I think when you look at the Grinch's story and what he has to go through, it's a miracle that he didn't turn out worse because this is a villain origin story. I think the story of the Grinch 
parallels that of the Joker and his descent into madness. But what you get in that R-rated movie is somebody going to a much darker place and doing much more awful things, but also coming from a place of being pushed to their edge. And in this movie, the Grinch actually ends up having a change of heart. Even after he tries to do an awful thing of stealing everybody's presence, it takes him having to learn a lesson about himself and return all the gifts for them to accept him as the Grinch. And while I'm on it, the Grinch was ridiculed for being green and hairy and seen as being mean and being an awful one. I feel like the same thing happens to Oscar the Grouch. He's green and hairy, lives in a trash can, doesn't have the best circumstances, and everybody yells at him for being a grouch. So I think they are both victims here. The Grinch deserved better, and maybe the people of Whoville deserved a little worse. So those are my top five Christmas movie hot takes. I also asked on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook what were some of yours, so I want to share those with you as well. Mario on Instagram says, Elf is not a classic Christmas movie and doesn't deserve the love it receives. I love Elf. It is one of my favorites. I would probably put that in the top five, but I can kind of see that. Elf easily and quickly got goaded more than other Christmas movies, and it is a pretty recent movie coming out in the last 20 years. And even though I do love that movie, I do feel like it is a little bit overrated at times. So I can see where you're coming from on that one, Mario. I also had a lot of people send in hot takes on Christmas Vacation. Ike in Texas said, Christmas Vacation just isn't a good movie at all. Jillian said, no lie, Christmas Vacation is just witnessing Clark get gaslit for two hours. And a lot of other people said that Clark is just a jerk. And I think me watching that movie back now and hearing how awful and how hard it is to work with Chevy Chase makes me have a little bit of a different opinion on that movie. And I almost see a lot of his like real life personality come out in that role. And then as a movie, I didn't watch a whole lot as a kid. It was one that later in life, I just saw that a lot of people loved it. So I watched it. So I kind of missed the boat on that one. And that is a movie that I don't really care to watch around the holidays. It doesn't really make me feel Christmassy. And I kind of agree with you guys. I think in that movie, Clark Griswold is kind of a jerk. So great hot take. A lot of other people said that A Christmas Story isn't a great movie. It's Cody416 says A Christmas Movie is Trash. Beefcake702 said A Christmas Story is a terrible movie. Hated it as a kid and I still do. When it comes to A Christmas Story, I love the warmth of that movie, but I can also recognize I associate that movie a lot with it just being on all the time. TBS would just play it nonstop. So I almost feel like it's a promotion thing when it comes to A Christmas Story. I think for me, I just want to go back to being a kid watching that movie without a care in the world, more so than I actually probably care about A Christmas Story. But again, I just don't really like Christmas movies. But another hot take on A Christmas Story is Lynn said the 2022 version is better than the OG Christmas Story. I don't agree with that one at all. I felt like that movie was terrible and it felt less like a sequel and more like a reunion. So I don't even think that movie needed to be made, but I appreciate the hot take lens. A couple more here. Stokey Girl said that Polar Express is creepy and scary. I agree with that one. I think that came out at a time when they were trying out all this new computer animation technology, trying to make it look realistic, and it felt like a bad PlayStation game watching that movie. So I love the story of Polar Express. Do not like that movie. And finally, Taylor on Twitter wrote in and said, A Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of A Christmas Carol and by far the best Christmas movie of all time. 
Taylor, I think I agree with you. I saw a lot of love for a Muppet Christmas Carol in all of these comments. And I think that's actually an easy one because the story of a Christmas Carol has been done so many times and it's so outplayed in a story. I don't really care about at this point, but I love the Muppets. So of course they would probably do the best job out of anybody and making that story actually be fun. So a great hot take there. If you have one you want to add into the mix, comment on my socials at Mike Distro all across the board. We'll come back and we'll talk about the new Avatar movie. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's get into it now. A spoiler-free review of Avatar The Way of Water. And I will be the first to admit to you I had very low expectations going into this movie. I'm not even the biggest fan of the original Avatar and 13 years later. It was hard for me to really have that much excitement going into this movie. And I also think the trailer did a pretty bad job at hyping you up. It almost made it seem like it was going to be a very boring movie. I didn't know what kind of action to expect. And then you add in the three hour and 10 minute runtime. It felt daunting going into watching this movie it also felt like a hard sell and a more casual avatar fan to want to commit that much time because it is a big time investment and i have no problem watching a long movie but it has to be something that i'm really interested in and some people have asked me do you need to watch part one in order to get part two i don't really think you necessarily have to it had been probably a year now that i rewatched avatar I've forgotten some things, but going into this one, there are so many new characters and there's just so much more happening in this movie. It feels a little bit self-contained. Yes, because some of the backstory of why they are fighting. Yes, having the first one would clarify those things, but I don't feel like you would be completely lost going into watching the sequel without seeing the first one. Because again, that's a lot of time to commit. If you're going to go just watch the second one, then you got to watch another almost three hour movie. But what this movie is about, you have Jake from the original Avatar. He now has a family. And after defeating all the sky people in the original movie, now the sky people are coming back and you have that main villain from the first one back. But now he is an avatar. He is big and blue and has an entire crew, has an entire army going to find Jake and his family and they just want to kill him. So once Jake and his family figure this out, they decide they need to go find a new home far, far away. And they go and find this other tribe in these very remote islands where they start to live with them. And they are water people. So it's them having to adapt to their culture, being kind of picked on because they don't look like them. They don't have the swimming abilities like they do and having to fit in here 
while just mainly keeping their family safe. And then you have this big evil military guy trying to find and kill them. And that's really the entire movie. It's a very simple plot. And I actually think the story of Avatar and the characters work so much better in water. I like them in the ocean. I just feel like the visuals there and the action just is a little bit more magical. And this movie feels like an adventure. It feels like a journey. And the visuals in this movie are unlike anything I've really seen. And I know that was such a big deal with the original one. And I didn't watch the sequel in 3D. I just couldn't put myself through three hours of that. And really the 3D only adds like another layer of depth. I don't really think I needed that. Plus I already wear glasses. I didn't want to wear 3D glasses over that. I felt like I would be very uncomfortable. But I don't think I really missed out on a whole lot. Just having this entire story take place on this big screen. I felt like that did the movie justice enough. I really can't compare the look of this movie to anything I've ever seen aside from the original one. It kind of makes all the visual effects in any superhero movie look very subpar. And I have to say, it genuinely felt like I was a part of this world, like I was in the water, like I was a part of the action. So that is all credit to the cinematography here. So I'll say... It is probably an easy shoe in that this one will win an Oscar for cinematography, for art design, and will more than likely get a nod at Best Picture. I really felt like this was everything I look for going into watching a movie. It just spoke to that experience. And even though I'm not a fan of the franchise, I've come to find there are a lot of people who really love this movie. They're just not very vocal about it. And that fan base shows in the numbers. The movie has already done in its first weekend $434 million. And $300 million of that is the international box office. And I really think that is what James Cameron goes for in this movie, getting it translated to all these languages. And because the movie is pretty simple, because the plot line is very easy to follow along with, I feel like that really translates into an international audience. And at times I feel like this movie is a little bit corny, but maybe when you're translating this and trying to make sure that the most people can watch and understand it, it's gonna feel a little bit corny. So for me, that corniness did take me out of it just a little bit. But it wasn't anything super distracting that I thought that it was ridiculous in any sense. Another question I got is this movie appropriate for kids? I know a lot of kids have watched the original one on Disney Plus and now want to go see the second one. And I would say if they watched and enjoyed the first one and you were good with everything that that movie had, this movie is much of the same when it comes to the violence, when it comes to the language. There was an F-bomb in this one. So is the way of the water appropriate for kids? I would say yes. One thing I wasn't expecting is the Avatar people in this movie to be a little bit more sexual because they are basically naked throughout this entire movie. Yes, they are blue fictional characters. I am aware of that as a 31-year-old man. But if instead of 31, I was 13 and saw these half-naked blue people running across the screen, I think I would feel a little bit differently. They're oddly a little bit more sexual than I was expecting. So there are a lot of perfectly sculpted humans and blue people in this movie. And now when it comes to James Cameron, 
I don't think I'm as quick to write him off anymore. He's proved it again and again. And what I really just enjoy about his work is the scale of all his movies. I see glimpses of all his other work in this movie from Titanic to True Lies to Terminator. I think he just likes movies with T's in them. And not only that, but this movie was better than its predecessor. And I didn't see that coming. One that I thought nobody was really asking for. One that I thought I was going to go into and come out ripping this movie. I ended up enjoying it an awful lot. And I had been questioning his plans to make Avatar 3, 4, and 5. Thinking he was setting himself up for failure. And setting himself up for a box office bomb. And knowing how much money this movie has to make in order to be profitable. But I already see it doing that. But hands down, my favorite part in the first one was the final battle scene. James Cameron knows how to make a third act. This one delivers even more so in that final battle scene. All three acts are basically an hour, but that last hour was very intense. I also just kind of have an affinity with the ocean. Like my favorite animal of all time are orca whales. So seeing all of the underwater stuff and seeing all of the battle scenes and combine those two things. Like that was a lot of fun. The hardest part of watching this movie is it becomes kind of hard to feel empathetic towards these characters because they are so cartoon-like. There's also just not that much dialogue, so it's really hard to flesh out some of these characters to get to a point to make you feel emotional throughout this movie. So it really only has just a hint of emotion. Maybe I thought it was going to take it up to another level there. But at the core of this story, I don't feel like it's entirely that original. The first one was very Dances with Wolves. This one is probably more Pocahontas. And I know the reason James Cameron is so passionate about making these movies is because of the overarching message. The first one was more of saving the rainforest, saving the jungles, that type of angle. This one moves it over to a different environment. And there's some overtones of, you know, wanting to conserve marine life and keeping that entire ecosystem in balance so you have the mean sky people tearing that down and being the bad guys here. So so that is his little message in this movie. But after watching this one and feeling really good about it, I'm in for Avatar 3. Maybe they move that one to an entirely different terrain. So I'm no longer going to be ruling out James Cameron. I'm ready to paint my face blue and head into Avatar 3. But again, because it's not completely original, I think there could have been a little bit more to the story, which is saying a lot because it is a three hour movie. And it feels like three hours. I took this movie in chunks and I was like, all right, if I can get through this hour, I'll be good. I took one bathroom break throughout the entire thing. So I felt pretty good about that. So I don't entirely see the reason for making this movie three hours. I think it could have easily been under 240. And I will say this, if you are hesitant to watch it because of the long runtime, Never go to a movie at the time that it says it's going to start. That is the time that the preview starts. So say you're going to a 7 o'clock showing. I usually don't show up until 7.18, 7.20. That's usually when the movie is going to start. So save yourself those 20 minutes. Do not add on more time if you're going to go watch Avatar. I went in. It was daytime. I came out. It was nighttime. It was a very weird feeling. So it's a major time commitment for something you're not super passionate about. That is really the only reason here. I would feel like it would 
benefit more and get more people inclined to go see it if it wasn't over three hours. But hey, credit to him for sticking to that runtime. But when it comes to the score, I would give Avatar The Way of Water four out of five wooden spears. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. DC is in shambles, and let me tell you why. They have canceled the new Superman movie, and there was such a big push around his cameo in Black Adam, and The Rock was so insistent on having him a part of that movie, having him a part of the storyline, and making people care about DC again, but now they have canceled him. So there will be no new Man of Steel with Henry Cavill reprising the role, and this all becomes newly appointed DC Studios co-CEO James Gunn is making big moves, and I love James Gunn. I feel like he is the best thing to happen for DC, but I just feel as a whole tearing everything down is going to feel bad and it's going to look like some bad moves. And I trust him, but I still feel like it is such a slap in the face to DC fans to get everybody excited about his return, to get everybody kind of hype on a new Man of Steel movie and rip it away just months later. I felt like they should have at least given him a one movie deal. I know he is trying to now make this new Superman movie and he is said to be writing one focusing on Clark Kent as a cub reporter coming up in the ranks so it's a younger Superman but I don't see why they could just make one more Man of Steel movie to satisfy all those fans it just makes me feel like DC doesn't care about the fans they don't even pretend to and coming from a Marvel fan and feeling like there are so many things put into place to just appease us as fans, whether it be a part of their big plan and whether they're pulling strings and messing with us, it at least feels like they care about us, like they care about our investment in these characters. And even though I fully trust James Gunn of having this plan to really restore DC and make them more competitive, it just feels like a lot of work. And I love what he's done with the Suicide Squad of bringing back a franchise that got ripped to shreds and making it fun again. So if there is anyone that can do it, it is James Gunn. He has made the Guardians of the Galaxy, has had people care about characters you never thought possible. So he is both involved in Marvel and DC. So he has the potential here. But DC has just had so many bad moves. And I actually think that they have the best superheroes when it comes to just core superheroes. Batman, Superman, Aquaman, they're just such iconic characters, Wonder Woman, but they don't know what to do with them. And they keep doing things like this 
to make us care less and less. So let's run through all these points. The biggest one is, yes, Henry Cavill will not return as Superman. He made this big post on Instagram. He said, I will, after all, not be returning as Superman after being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire. This news isn't the easiest, but that is life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. So all that was done before James Gunn was around. So I do give some credit there that it takes a lot to make a decision like that. But he says that Superman is still around. And I've seen James Gunn comment on Twitter that they are still going to work with Henry Cavill in some capacity to have him involved in some kind of Superman project. It's just not a Superman movie. And even before this, they made the announcement that Wonder Woman 3 is also no longer going to be a thing. Director Patty Jenkins had to come out on Twitter and said it really wasn't her decision and that she did not walk away. She was open to any consideration of what vision they had with a Wonder Woman movie moving forward after Wonder Woman 1984 didn't really get the best reviews. And I don't think that was entirely her fault. She wrote on Twitter, it was my understanding there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC obviously is buried in changes they have to make. So I understand these decisions are difficult right now. So DC has also scrapped Wonder Woman 3. They have also canceled a Batman Beyond movie that was in development with Michael Keaton, which a lot of hardcore DC fans were excited about. And it seems to be that they are entirely moving on from the Snyderverse with Zack Snyder, which I actually think is a pretty good move. It's not like they're taking away something that was so beloved. And this also comes as they canceled the Batgirl movie, which was completely done. It was ready to be put out into the world. And that is just no longer going to see the light of day. So as somebody just watching on the outside, it just seems like everything is on fire and they're trying to reassure people now we're going to come back. We're going to get things in order. But they have said that a DCU slate is coming early next year and they'll lay out their entire plans of all the movies we can expect from DC. And that leaves me with a couple questions. If they are moving on from the Snyderverse, they're not having another Wonder Woman or Superman movie. What's going to happen to Aquaman? Do they just completely scrap that character? Give Jason Momoa a brand new character inside the DCEU? Because really, he seems to be the only one who is still around. Because the Flash movie is also up in the air of all the problems they've had surrounding that release. And now... Without Superman, without Wonder Woman, does that movie even make sense anymore? When it comes to what is working on the DC side is the Batman, which came out earlier this year. I hope that keep that one completely separate, which I know there were some rumors surrounding that James Gunn wanted to bring in this new DC universe and bring it into the Batman. And he's confirmed that is completely false. That's entirely director Matt Reeves thing. I hope that stays independent. I hope the Joker sequel stays independent. I know it probably has to play into it, but I kind of hope that the Suicide Squad also stays independent because those are all so good on their own. They don't need to build this entire universe like Marvel. And I know that probably works better for their bottom line. It probably works better for their business plan to have 
a same kind of structure that Marvel has. But I'll go back to it. I think they have such strong franchises, such strong characters that they could just make good independent movies and that would have people caring a lot more. I think they have better characters than Marvel. But what Marvel does better is creating stories that people care about, creating relatable things, creating fun moments and creating things that we want to go see in theaters. Yes, there is excitement that all the movies are connected and building towards something. But at the end of the day, we just need a good movie. We just need something to root for here. So with everything I've read and everything I've seen, it almost seems like they are expecting this new Phoenix to rise from the ashes. Will that Phoenix rise? Eh, I really don't think so. I think it'll take a long time to get this bad taste out of everybody's mouth. And I'm not even the biggest fan of Man of Steel, but that cameo in Black Adam did kind of get me excited again. I saw Henry Cavill's excitement to return to the role and I was ready for it. And it just feels like every time I give DC the benefit of the doubt, they do something like this. So it's hard for me to root for them right now. And even though I think they are finally making the necessary changes, I kind of just find myself caring less and less. So the question is, will it pay off? Will people care or have DC fans had enough? We'll have to find out in 2023. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. I watch a lot of movie trailers. And never in the history of watching a movie trailer have I let out an audible, wow. But that happened. While watching the Across the Spider-Verse trailer, I said wow to myself because this movie looks to be so visually stunning so many boundaries seem to be pushed in animation while making this movie. There are so many people just behind it, animating it, writing it. So many voice actors in this movie. I truly believe that the first one is a masterpiece and I have so many expectations going into the sequel. And now that we have this first full look at it in this trailer, I feel like they've done it. And when it comes to animated movies, I feel like you already have to have such a strong script, such a strong story in order to invest all of this time on the animation. So I feel like that that's the deal for any animated movie. That's why Pixar movies are so good because they focus so much on the story that it's almost like a too big to fail situation that I just give them the benefit of the doubt. But before I get into more, here is just a little bit of the Across the Spider-Verse trailer. I can hear you being quiet. 
I, um, hope I didn't ice your game, man. No one my age says those words in that order. Who do you think you are? Really? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. So Miles Morales returns. He is back with Gwen Stacy. He is Brooklyn's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but now he is going into the multiverse. And in this multiverse, he finds kind of like in the original, all these other spider people who exist, and they are all supposed to be the hero. But now there's this new villain, and they all have different ways on how to handle the situation. And the movie focuses on redefining what a hero is and how to save the people in your life. So the villain this time around is Spot, voiced by Jason Schwartzman. And this one seems to focus more on Miles and his relationship with his mom. That's where the trailer opens up, him having this heart-to-heart conversation with her. And then leads into him and Gwen going into this different Spider-Verse and seeing all these other Spider-Men, Spider-Women, Spider-Punk. And I think that is what makes these movies so exciting is seeing all of them on screen and seeing all of the animation styles. You have the comic book style, you have the classic Spider-Man look, but you have all of these weird jittery neon things going on. So all of these different animation styles and character designs is like candy for your eyes and great for somebody with a short attention span because there's so many things going on and so many things you can focus on on screen that you never really get bored. And I love that Miles has aged in this movie and I can already see that this is a birth of a great trilogy not only does the animation look 10 times better which it looked amazing in the first one so that is saying a lot it's just seeing them all mixed and blended together that's what made me say wow so i love that this entire trilogy will take us with miles as he gets older as he gets wiser and i think that is why spider-man is my favorite character is because him and his problems are so relatable And the battle they face in this movie is defining what it is and what it means to do the right thing. And there's always that struggle that Spider-Man has with him being just a normal kid, a normal teenager, but also being this person with this duty and this responsibility to save the world. And even though us as humans don't have superpowers, we can identify with that. We can identify with wanting to do what we want, sometimes selfishly, but also doing what we need to do to be a good person, to do the right thing and to do things because you have the responsibility to do so. So I think that's why we all root for Spider-Man and we can relate his story to us somewhere in our journey in life. So this movie comes out on June 2nd, 2023. Another sequel is already in the works. There's a spinoff featuring Haley Steinfeld. So I see nothing but good things. The only thing I hope is I'm still alive to see it all. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here of the podcast. But before I go, I got to give my listener shout out of the week. This one is from my Instagram comments on my Fableman's review, and it is from Mary. So shout out to Mary. Here is the question you wrote on Instagram. What kind of Christmas gift do you recommend for a moviegoer like you? It's for my 21-year-old son who loves to see all the new Marvel and DC movies that come out. Great question, Mary, and thank you for commenting and listening to the podcast. And what I recommended, 
For anyone who is a Marvel fan first, there is a brand called Corksicle that makes tumblers, that makes sports bottles, that makes all different kinds of insulated cups that I have really grown to love. The first one I got was given to me as a Christmas gift because I do love Marvel movies. So I have a Black Panther one that I use for my coffee every day. I also have a Spider-Man one that I use to keep my smoothie cold. And I have this entire set of Spider-Man tumblers that I drink fancy drinks out of, aka sparkling waters. So as a Marvel fan, I love getting those and collecting those. I just think they have great designs and they're fun to drink out of. The other one I recommend is this brand called Roosevelt. And not only do they have Marvel and DC shirts, but they also have just a lot of movie collaborations and they have like fun designs and they're really comfortable. So if you have a movie fan in your life, I'm sure you can find them something there. And then I think the easy one is the Funko Pops. I collect those. I have a Batman one. I have a couple from WandaVision. So that is a fun gift. You have somebody who likes to collect those. So that would be my recommendation to Mary. Thank you for commenting. And thank you right now for listening, for being a part of this podcast this year. I'll talk to you again next week. And until then, go out and watch good movies. Later. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.